From the Financial Times in London, I'm Ian Smith and this is FT News. Do family-owned businesses make for a good investment? What sets them apart from their stock market peers? We hear from Eugene Clerk, one of the authors behind a Credit Suisse index of family-owned companies. He explains why the index has outperformed the wider equity market over the past decade. If you look at the financial metrics for these companies, we find a number of them that support the outperformance in terms of share prices. For one, we find that revenue growth is better on a market cap sector-adjusted basis than for non-family-owned companies. We also find that profitability is higher, and we find that funding, i.e. balance sheet structures for these companies, tend to be more robust, more conservative. We'll also hear from Phil Dudridge, executive chairman of audio equipment maker Focusrite, which floated on the LSE's alternative investment market in 2014. One of the reasons I wanted to take the company public was to grow a management culture that was more accountable, and by being accountable to the city, it puts the company on a very good discipline base that will live on beyond me. It's just as easy, of course, to find examples of listed family companies faring badly as those performing well. I started by asking Eugene for the evidence that family-owned companies deliver better returns. Well, we've looked at circa 1,000 of them, publicly listed family-owned companies globally, and compared them to about 8,500 non-family-owned companies, again globally, publicly listed. And what we found in our study was that over the past 10 years, they seem to outperform by about 400 basis points per year. That's globally. We also found strong evidence that this outperformance happened in every region, in every sector, and both for smaller family-owned companies as well as for larger family-owned companies. So how are we defining family-owned here? We used a definition that basically said that the family or founder owns at least 20% of the shares and or voting rights, which is an arbitrary definition. We could have taken a higher percentage or lower percentage for that matter. Doesn't that make it hard to make a definitive judgment then? Because you might have a company which just has 20% of the share capital owned by the family and the same amount of voting rights, but not a huge control over the way that the company's run versus a company with a much larger ownership, a much larger presence of the family in the boardroom. Is it hard to make generalizations across that universe? We looked at the sort of share price outperformance and in relation to the ownership to understand whether or not this sort of 20% versus, say, 70% makes a difference. And interestingly enough, uh, it doesn't. It seems to us that the actual share ownership doesn't really give you any decent indication as to how strong the outperformance is. It seems that the actual day-to-day involvement is much more relevant I guess separately, we surveyed about 110 of these 1,000 companies. And from that survey, we found that about 80% have at least two family members on the board, i.e. two or more. That suggests a significant day-to-day involvement by the family and founder in running of the business. Again, that seems to matter more as far as share price performance is concerned than whether the family owns 20% or much more. I mean, how much reliance would you put on this outperformance in territories where there's fewer companies that are being picked up? Do you think that there's enough data here to rely on the trend? I think you'll certainly you have to be wary of making definitive conclusions in areas where you have fewer family-owned companies, for sure. There is definitely a higher risk when you make these decisions or make these sort of conclusions. I think in general, if we look at the various regions, the various sectors, the outcomes seem to be so steady that despite smaller sample sizes in certain areas, we feel quite happy with the conclusions that we've drawn so far.
So what are the performance characteristics of these companies that are leading to this outperformance you've found? I think it's very interesting that if you look at the financial metrics for these companies, we find a number of them that support the outperformance in terms of share prices. For one, we find that revenue growth is better on a market cap sector-adjusted basis than for non-family-owned companies. We also find that profitability is higher, and we find that funding, uh, i.e. balance sheet structures for these companies, tend to be more robust, more conservative. There's less of an appetite to take on a lot of debt. It isn't necessarily the fact that there's less appetite. What we found, particularly following the financial crisis, was a much more robust de-gearing, in other words, bringing down debt levels in the wake of the financial crisis relative to non-family-owned companies. It seemed that family-owned companies were more cautious towards future funding and therefore took more decisive decisions in terms of de-gearing than non-family-owned companies. Again, that sort of suggests a more longer-term focus. The other thing to point out is that research and development tends to be greater for family-owned companies, which in turn probably is another indication of this longer-term focus. And that is actually reflected in the executive remuneration, which tends to be uh, related it suggests in your report, more commonly to longer-term financial metrics. Yeah, we asked the circa 110 companies about their remuneration policies. And what we found is that if you ask about long-term versus short-term financial and non-financial remuneration policies, that the greater the shareholding of the family or founder, the more likely it is for them to have long-term remuneration policies, including non-financial metrics. That quite clearly suggests a long-term focus by the family. Focusrite is an untypical family business. Phil Dudridge, a former sound man for rock legends Led Zeppelin, bought the assets of the company out of liquidation in the late 1980s. It's now a fast-growing AIM company, which delivered turnover of £66 million in the 2017 financial year. In November, the Dudridge family reduced its stake to 38% in a secondary share placing. I started by asking Phil what he thought set Focusrite apart from other listed companies. I think the important thing is that as a founder, I'm still very much engaged with the business as a shareholder. So the company hasn't changed its temperament very much, but the company has been notable for having a wide share ownership within the business. At the time we IPO'd, all our employees had share options. Some had shares already. And uh, this is obviously a great motivating factor for the company and kind of reinforces the family feeling that the business has. Yeah, how would you characterise that family feeling? How does that manifest itself for investors or employees? Well, yeah, the company grew from just a handful of people nearly 30 years ago and has grown steadily, although in the last seven years it's grown about seven times. We have a lot of new graduates joining us every year, so being a father of six, I'm used to working with young people and try to project a sense that they're not just getting jobs, but they're actually forming the foundation of their careers when they join our company, which some of them do as placement students before they even graduate. Does that reflect in the performance metrics that you focus on? 
I think we have a good balance of driving revenue and maintaining margin. So profitability of the business grows steadily with the growth of the top line. Folkestone tried to beef up its governance when joining AIM by launching remuneration audit and nomination committees. There is a perception that family-owned businesses or those with a higher founder ownership have weaker governance. How do you answer that challenge? One of the reasons I, I wanted to take the company public was to grow a management culture that was more accountable and by being accountable to the city, it puts the company on a very good discipline base. One big worry for shareholders is founder owners selling down their stakes. As you've said, you've sold down part of your family stakes since Mm -hmm. IPO. How do you reassure investors about there being a big seller in the market in terms of how that can impact on the share price? We were selling into demand. I wasn't particularly anxious to sell more shares, but the brokers were very keen to create more liquidity in the market because... They had a lot of investor demand, particularly from institutions. And this recent placing was all with very blue-chip investment houses. If you'd like to read more on this subject, read our special report at ft.com forward slash family dash business. Thank you to our producer, Ruth Lewis-Cost. 